This is your Premier League and Champions League show. We talk about football, the most beautiful game. My name is Gustavo Moradel. And I'm Jake Landry. And you're listening to Dos Hermanos. I'm super excited about the opportunity to talk about soccer again because I love it so much. And now instead of talking in my head during all the games over the weekend, I'll save it. And we'll talk. It's great to know that we're not the only people awake at 6 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday. And it's really awesome to see how a lot of Americans are getting excited about the Premier League. And I think that's pretty cool. And this podcast is all about that. We want to keep you up to date with what's going on. But also we want to chime in and say our opinions. We both follow teams in the Premier League. I am a supporter of Liverpool when it comes to the Premier League. <laughs> I'm a Tottenham fan. I'm a Tottenham fan. So it's a good time right now, but it's, uh, it, it, I feel like any day I'm going to open up the news and start hearing some bad news, but things are good right now. I know in America, we have a lot of Manchester United fans. We have Chelsea fans. We have Leeds fans. And uh, it's always beautiful to see people at the grocery store wearing a jersey. And it's better when you see them wear a jersey of a smaller team. Uh, which this is also an exciting part about this podcast. We're not only going to talk about Tottenham or Liverpool. We're also going to speak about those smaller teams that are legendary, but maybe don't get as much attention because people love the top five or the top six teams, right? And also we have found admiration for the smaller teams such as uh, Forest and uh, Leeds United, but also Brentford, which uh, a lot of exciting things are happening. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely say as someone who grew up not really paying enough attention to soccer until I got, you know, into my teenage years, I feel like following the Premier League has really made me more interested in lesser teams all around in sports, just because it's really an aspect of the Premier League because of and the other soccer leagues because of relegation. And I love relegation. I, you know, we're going to have some hot takes on this show. My immediate hot take, I wish the business of American sports would allow for relegation because I think relegation and promotion are, are just an essential aspect of making sports as competitive and exciting as they can be. I agree. And if you happen to be one of those people that just started paying attention to the Premier League, I would dare to say this is the most exciting time for the Premier League. This is the most exciting time for you to start paying attention to what's happening in the Premier League. We have incredible teams of course we have incredible players that have moved to England and that are playing in amazing teams right and also we have a lot of teams that have been bought <laughs> by incredibly wealthy people like that's for sure especially have, this year yes and so we no longer just have uh Arsenal and Manchester United like it was happening in the early 2000s right or we no longer have just Liverpool and Manchester United now we have incredible teams like Chelsea who happen to have new owners who happen to be Americans, am I right, Jake? Yes, you're right. And uh, it's not just them, right? There's a couple other teams in the Premier League that are now, and, and I don't, not necessarily American owners, but Newcastle. Newcastle Absolutely. was a team that was, I think every year for the past four years, you've thought, how is Newcastle staying up? Like, this is just unbelievable. Kind of like Burnley, except Burnley didn't get the investors. But Newcastle now with their new ownership, 
dare I say they could compete for the top eight or seven next year. I don't know about this year. This year's tough. It's a very competitive league, but I would say that for Newcastle, for their trajectory, I would imagine they're looking at the Europa League for next year, which is a, which for those of you who don't know is the next step down from the champions league. I think they should look at that and say, Hey, that's a real possibility for us because Newcastle is a fun team to watch. And this is kind of the point. Every team in the premier league is a fun team to watch. They just are. It's a great season. It's, it's, it's the best season you were saying we were talking before the show coming into this season. It was City and Liverpool, and honestly, you know, of course you're going to watch, you're excited and everything, but I really was kind of, especially with the Holland signing and, and just Liverpool as who they are, as, you know, the Klopp culture, I was kind of resigned for a season that was not at the top going to be very competitive, to be honest. That's kind of what I was, and who knows, we, there's a good chance that we'll get there because last year, you know, we know City didn't start very well, and then you know, they bounce back and it seems like Liverpool is having possibly a similar start, but this season has been amazingly competitive. And I'll tell you, I, I said this to you, don't ever sleep on Fulham this year. Don't sleep on <laughs> Fulham. Like Fulham could. Yes. I don't know. And especially with our American players at Fulham, I feel like now I am a supporter of Fulham because, well, they have an American coach, which happens to be doing amazing. And I am super proud to see an American out there in the Premier League at Fulham and doing great things, celebrating, getting into fights on the sideline. It's just been pretty cool to see. And I have to say, I never thought I would be excited to see an Everton versus Fulham game or a Brighton versus Chelsea you know, or Aston Villa versus uh, West Ham United. So it's just been a really, really awesome time to not only start watching the Premier League, but also to get even more involved. I know it's a little bit more difficult for Americans to watch the Premier League because you have to wake up really early, but this is the best time. And I have to say, I'm really excited to start this new podcast. And I want us to introduce ourselves to you wonderful people listening or watching this. Um, first of all, I want to ask you, Jake, Tell me about your experience with the Premier League. What made you a Tottenham fan? And what are you most excited about this season? Yeah, so actually going back to my my last podcast, one of my good friends for a long, long time, you know, got me into Tottenham. He's like, dude, you know, check out Tottenham. And it was right at the Ponchettino time where they were doing really well. And I, I believe it was the fall of the season where they would ultimately end up going to the champions league final and losing to Liverpool. So I've, you know, I'll, I'll be honest when I jumped on FIFA at like 13 years old, I was a United fan because I had Ronaldo and I didn't know how to use the trick stick. So I just, I just ran up the wing with Ronaldo and scored every time. So, I mean, I, I don't like to, I mean, that's, you know, that was the time when I really got serious about soccer and played and stuff, but really in terms of the premier league and my understanding of it, especially to the point where I feel like I can talk about it. It was really my time with Tottenham and that season where Tottenham just did, you know, incredible things with, you know, a roster that, I mean, compared to right now was not necessarily star studded. Um, and obviously, you know, the Ajax Lucas Mora hat trick game where it was. And, and actually, it's funny because that game gets a lot of attention on that Champions League run. But the game before that or the, the two games before that in that that Champions League run, they played City and City won the game in like the last 10 minutes or something like that. And it was called for an offsides. 
and Tottenham advanced. So that whole run was just absolutely, it was like, you didn't know what you had. And then, you know, once I got really into Tottenham, you get really, I, I feel like for me, again, the experience of the Premier League is how can you not be excited about these teams that get promoted, that just fought in this league that's below them and fought for this position? And when you look at the financials, it, it's a lot of money. You know, I don't know if people always think about it this way, but getting promoted from the championship, which is the league below the Premier League to the Premier League, is a huge financial um uh, progression for these oh, yeah. clubs. Yeah. The clubs who are able to do it um, and maintain themselves. For example, Nottingham Forest this year is a great example of a team who clearly is, you know, kind of hedging their bets and getting ready for a big financial boost this year. Cause they, I think they've had something over 22 signings over the summer, Gustavo. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but yeah. that's the thing is these, the, this promotion is not only exciting for the energy of the club and you know, what's going to happen in the games and the fixtures and this and that, they also make a lot of money just being in the, being, you know, 15th in the premier league is a big cash cow for some of these clubs, especially the ones that are just coming up. Absolutely. And I do have to say, I used to be a Tottenham fan and I think I never told you this before. I, I was born in Honduras, by the way, if you hear an accent, it's because I was born in Honduras and the Spurs used to have a Honduran player. I forget what year, 2012, 11, but his name is Wilson Palacios. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a midfielder that wow. used to play at Tottenham. And he was a pretty good player. He was a starter. And he was always, always doing amazing in the Premier League. So as a Honduran citizen, I was really proud to see a Honduran uh, playing in the Premier League in such a wonderful team. So I do have a lot of respect and love for Tottenham Spurs. For me, as a football fan, I always thought that Liverpool was interesting. I remember watching Macherano, Javier Macherano, the Argentinian player, uh, and his amazing defending skills. But also, I remember watching Niño Torres, you know, the Spaniard, the number nine, that did amazing. But also Luis Suarez. Most importantly, I think what made me a Liverpool fan is the fact that I'm a big Beatles fan. And the Beatles were from Liverpool. And so the city <laughs> has a lot of mystique and interesting things that attracted me. But also... You never walk alone. I mean, if you hear that anthem, it just makes you want to, uh, just makes you want to cry, I think. <laughs> so I am a big Liverpool fan for that reason. And, uh, but of course, I'm not English. So as much of a fan that I am, I also feel like I, I can see other teams and support other teams in different ways, of course. I want to see Liverpool win, but also, as you can see, my shirt, if you're watching this. I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to reference this that This is next. getting yeah. confusing because I am actually, well, if you're listening, uh, I am actually wearing a Barcelona jersey right now. Long sleeve, a so, long sleeve Barcelona. Yes, and in the back is Ronaldinho's name. And of course, um, I am a Barcelona fan, and I know a lot of you are, probably thinking dude just pick a team you can't just be a fan of every team but i do have to say no, Jake, when barcelona and liverpool play against each other like the champions league where they destroy barcelona um i was rooting for barcelona because well i'm latin american and so i root for teams that are from spain of course but in a way i was happy to see liverpool make it to that final and also win the champions league that year um, they won it, right? I forget. I, I think they. I believe that. Yeah, they did. They did. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am a, a Liverpool fan. I am a Barcelona fan. But this podcast, my friends, is going to be mainly on the Premier League and also the Champions League. So I'm really excited to get into it. And we have an incredible 
program for you guys. This is our first episode, so it might not be as organized or planned as we want it to be. But trust us, we we have some hot topics, and Jake is already on fire about different oh. things <laughs> that we might disagree with. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> what I want to do now is I want to explain to the wonderful people that are listening or watching uh, how we're going to do this podcast and what the plan is. And I want to make sure that you guys are as excited as we are for what we want to do. And uh, But as of right now, I would love for Jake, my brother, mi hermano, to explain to us how we're going to go about this podcast. Well, so I guess going through the big headlines and things that we're going to cover is first, we're going to check in in England. Obviously, the well, sadly, and obviously the Queen has passed. And so this postponement, I think, has big implications, especially for a couple of teams, which we're going to talk about. Also, we had the first group match of the Champions League, which let's be honest, first group match. Of all the games, probably says the least, but I'm going to ask you, Gustavo, and I think I'm going to surprise you <laughs> with the game that I think says the most. And I didn't put it in our pre-show thing because I want to hear Gustavo's reaction live on that one. But then we are going to talk specifically about two teams who I think have surprised us the most. And I'll just tell you the teams because you're probably sitting there thinking the same thing, which is Liverpool and Chelsea. <laughs> and we're recording on Friday, September 9th at about six o'clock or six 30 Eastern time. So at this point, Graham Potter has agreed to a five-year deal with Chelsea. Tuchel is out and obviously Liverpool are, you know, kind of seemingly on the ropes after a bad loss to Napoli. So we're going to talk about that. And then we might do a preview of what's coming up uh, next week, but still coming up, which are some big fixtures, including Tottenham versus Man City, which is always an interesting one. So that's what we got coming up on the show today. My brother. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for explaining that. And I think the audience is as excited as we are because I don't think there is a podcast out there that has all of these segments, the way we're going to do it. We're going to focus on the big teams, but also we're going to focus on the smaller teams, the teams that you might not expect people to talk much about because we are passionate about these things, of course. And uh, But I'm absolutely excited about what happened in the Champions League as well. I want to talk about it. I watched the Barcelona game and I also was watching the Liverpool versus Napoli game on my computer at the same time, which was a love nightmare. It. What's the nightmare? Oh, well, but I love that you were watching both the games at once. That's what I Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of our audience can relate to that. I have, well, Jake and I, we both share a FUBO account <laughs> I, and, we, <laughs> and we both share a YouTube TV <laughs> account and I have Peacock. And I forget what the other one is, but which, you know, it's, I think the Champions League is on Paramount. It's uh, on uh, Paramount, Paramount Plus. Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. Sorry, I, I don't know why I say Paramount. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's, it's everywhere in a lot of apps to pay and keep up. And if you don't have all these apps, don't worry. We're here to help you out. We're going to tell you what's happening. And we're going to tell you about those games that you might not even find in none of these apps. <laughs> yeah, so... I actually want to start by talking about the postponement because I think it was funny. So I'm, you know, we're both in education and today there were some kids sharing how they were feeling going into the weekend. And a couple of kids shared one word and one kid said disappointment. And I immediately went over and I said, why are you disappointed? And it turned out it was something not related to this, but I was disappointed to see that all these games were going to be, you know, postponed at first, but then, 
you know, I was really thinking about it and I feel like there is always stuff on. And as married men who have, you know, people to be with and give our attention to, like, there's so much sports all the time. <laughs> and, and especially on the weekends with soccer. And I really do think that it's sometimes hard to take a pause and hit the pause button. And I have to say that when I was watching the NFL last night, I was starting to think like, wow, like, you know, are they going to do something? Like, I kind of feel like they should, like, this is important. And so I was actually glad to see that in a world where there's some, I feel like sometimes the gears keep moving. It's like, let's keep things moving. Let's keep the products going. Let's keep, you know, putting screens in front of your face and getting your money through subscriptions or this or this or that gambling, but, but, but like, I'm glad that there's a pause this weekend for something that, again, not something that I'm super invested in, but something that does matter and it does matter in this world. So wanted to say that, but I'm going to talk about Tottenham to start. And I wonder, you know, if there are people that are interested in Tottenham, maybe starting to pay attention this season, because obviously Arsenal has had a great start to the season, but I'm a Tottenham fan. So that's what I'm focused on. And I'm not necessarily going in a place where they're going to win the league. But I do think there's an interesting conversation to be had with the Tottenham attack right now. And so hopefully this is interesting for people who aren't just Spurs fans. But if you haven't been paying attention to Tottenham, their uh, attacking three has been Kane uh, up top in the middle. No questions asked. Son on the left. And then it's the season started with Kulishevsky on the right. And then in the last couple games, Richarlison came up on the right and replace Kulishevsky. And in September, or maybe it was late August, there was an article that came out that Conte had said, Antonio Conte, the manager for Spurs, had said to Kulishevsky, I want you to be out there to be a killer. That's what I want. I want your objective to, in the sports sense, be out there and kill the opponent. And I'm going to talk a little bit in a second about the skill of each of those three, three players. And let me make it more clear, not Kane. Kane is your starting striker. That's not even something to talk about. But on the right wing, Kulu or Richarlson, and then Son on the left. And I would also say maybe Richarlson on the left. There's some question there because, again, if you haven't been paying attention, Son has not started the season well. And here's my question. As I was watching the other day, I think it was against Fulham, but I've been watching all season, obviously, as a Spurs fan. And I wonder if, A, the book is out on Sun if he's figured out. Because let's be honest, he's a speed player. He's not someone who's necessarily going to use trickery to get by you. He's going to use athleticism. But I wonder if maybe there's too much information on that sort of simplistic, possibly, maybe you could say strategy, that is maybe in some ways easier to thwart, at least tactically, if you have the fitness and athletics to keep up. And along with this, it seems like the Premier League has a lot of young backs right now with a lot of speed. And so I'm wondering if Son, you know, a mixture of getting older, maybe losing a little bit of a step, maybe being found out a little bit, and then also maybe the competition sort of upping their ante in the places where he excels, if Son should sit right now. Because we have an important game coming up against Manchester City and Son's done well. But here's my contention. Here's, here's my argument. And you tell me. Son is the best player out of Richarlison and Kulu, okay? That's Kulishevsky, okay? That, that's, I don't think that's debatable. However, 
Richarlison is more of a threat in the box. And Kulishevsky is more apt and better. Well, maybe not better, but more apt to put in crosses that are very effective. So even though I think Sun is a better player and, you know, on FIFA ranking, obviously he would be higher than both of those players. Conte seems like a sum of the parts guy. And I wonder if the sum of the parts with Kulu on the right and Richarlison on the left and Sun on the bench, I think that might be something that could be really effective. And there's a piece of me that might like it better in some ways. So that's kind of my question for Tottenham right now. I mean, things are good when you're asking these questions, but Son has sort of, if he wasn't Kyungmin Son, I think he would be benched by now. So it's getting close, Gustavo. So that's where I'm at right now with Tottenham. On the other hand, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, so now we're going to check in with your team. Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. talk about Liverpool for a second. I think Liverpool is taking very similar approach, in my opinion, to the last three seasons. And nothing really has changed that much other than, well, a lot of Liverpool fans might disagree with me. But Mane leaving Liverpool, of course, was a big change. I'm really happy to see him have a lot of success at Bayern Munich so far. He seems like he's adapting to the German league, and I'm really excited for him. But if you're a Liverpool fan out there, you will agree with me that without Mane, we have struggled a lot. And we lost part of what made us incredible the last two seasons Uh, not only the goals, but actually the game itself has changed without Mane. Uh, and that, in my opinion, is what's making Liverpool struggle. But also you have players like Favinho, which I don't think he's having that great, great of a season, to be honest with you. Also, uh, Virgil van Dijk seems to be struggling a little bit. There's something about him that to me, seems a bit off this season, Jake. I think even when you see him react to certain things like committing a penalty, he just seems off for some reason. I don't see that leadership that I typically see in him. And we can talk about the way that Nunez has, well, there was a lot of excitement around Nunez until he made the stupid mistake. <laughs> and the red got, card. Yes, yeah, the red card. Yes, yeah. and now it seems like it's affecting him Uh, emotionally, I think this creates some kind of effect in the player and he's not performing as well. In fact, I remember people comparing him to uh, Haaland, which that's fine. We can do that. But now it seems almost... It Maybe seems, a little silly. It yeah, seems silly now, silly. right? But yeah, I remember I mean, that first game where Haaland is... Yeah. yeah. He's one of a kind, but... Yeah. yeah. So all of that to say, my wonderful Liverpool <laughs> football club has been struggling. And I want I do want to focus on a few games that, to me, were really surprising. Um, starting with the Manchester United game. Can I, I, can I actually say something on that Man U game really quick? Just <laughs> yes. before you go? Because yes. it's what you said earlier about, like, Mane being gone. And before, because I, like, I want to talk about this game, but I, I really felt like Mane being gone, like, it wasn't going to be a big deal. But there's a particular play where if you watch the Manchester United game, when Manchester United scored, Liverpool actually came down and they had an absolute sitter for Mohamed Salah. Right. But the problem was that Diaz didn't pass the ball. Right. I remember and, that. And, yeah. And, and that really stood out to me because I think the culture of Liverpool and Mane and the value of Mane 
you know, and I think why maybe it was, you know, easy to be deceived by his leaving of like, oh, you know, Mane, whatever is like, he makes that pass. And I think Luis Diaz, yeah. So I, so I, just before you get into that game, like the disappointment in that game for me, or I'll say what, what opened my eyes in that game was like, oh, yikes, yikes. Like that, that moment right there, I'm like, really you're going to take a ridiculous shot when you can literally just pass it to Mohamed Salah and he can tap it in. Absolutely. Like, you're not in it in the way that you need to be to to really be who Liverpool is. I agree with you 100%. Liverpool started the season by tying against Fulham 2-2. I saw the game and I was like, you know what? It's the first game. It's it's fine. Fulham is full of excitement and it's fine. We're going to bounce back. But then we play Crystal Palace at Anfield and we tie that game 1-1 with the red card that we already mentioned. But the game that really surprised me the most, to be honest with you, Jake, and I was really upset, really, really upset about this, was the Manchester United game. We lost 2-1 to at Old Trafford. And Manchester United was coming from a horrible place. They were ready to be put in the coffin and just let them die, right? But instead, and this is why we love this game, instead, Manchester United bounced back and they won against Liverpool, which I think I was one of those people that was actually surprised about what happened in that game. After that, we beat Bournemouth like 9-0. <laughs> Ridiculous. And I that think was it was nice. It, it was really nice, but it, it was almost like it, it It made me feel like, okay, we're back. But then, you know, I started seeing that Newcastle game and just felt like Liverpool has a lot to work on. Now, I will close by saying about Liverpool right now, I still believe in our coach. I still think he's phenomenal. He's awesome. And I know a lot of people are saying, because he's German, like Tuchel, they were saying maybe maybe he should go with Tuchel on that airplane. No, no, yeah. You sent me a GIF and I'm like, or a meme, and I was like, no, nah, dude, like Tuchel, and we're going to talk about Tuchel later, but, you know, and, and we'll talk about this now and we'll, we'll just do Chelsea later. But like, I think this postponement is huge for Liverpool. In fact, I think, you know, again, it's so sad that the queen is, is, has passed. And, you know, I mean, she was 96. So, you know, we're, we're not, we don't live forever, but, you know, I think when you, and we've all been there when it's like, I just need a snow day. I just need <laughs> this person. I need yes. this date to cancel. I need this. I somehow need this not to happen now. Absolutely. And that relief can be a huge thing and for me right now it was funny because you did you sent me like the meme of like you know the two and i'm like <laughs> you know I, and, and i and we'll talk about this i did not think tuco was gonna get sacked that shocked me absolutely but, so so i wasn't thinking that anyone deserved a sacking but to sack Klopp would just be such a stupid move because who do you get to replace him? And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know managers, but come on. He's a sure thing. You So, yeah, yes. none of and, that. None of I, that on this podcast. <laughs> and I believe that Georgian Klopp is not just a football coach, but I believe he's a manager. I think his charisma, he's obviously not perfect. 
And but I'm I think I'm the biggest fan of his because of his charisma, because of his leadership skills, because of his style of thinking around football, around like telling people at the club everyone matters from the housekeeper to the people that prepare the meals. And I I'm just a hundred percent fan of that mentality. This is not just you're not just a coach, you're the manager of the of the football club. And to me, that's what makes him incredible. Now at this level of competition, at this level of football club, of course, you're going to want somebody who always wins or tries to win, somebody who brings the club to the best. And of course, football is like a roller coaster. You're not always going to be winning. You're not always going to be in the top. And so I do agree that sometimes you have to make really difficult decisions, like letting go of the Chelsea coach, uh, Tuco. That, to me, <laughs> made no sense. <laughs> But at the same time, like, I get it. It's, it's, it's business, right? And so all I'm going to say is I still believe in our coach, Georgian Club. I still believe in Nunez. I think Diaz uh, has improved this game. He scored a goal uh, against Napoli, although we lost, but he did score a goal. I think Salah is still the king, the real king of Africa. Uh, I think people say Mane is. I, I like to disagree. I think Salah is the king of Africa. Um, and so... You can you can send your angry emails. Uh, <laughs> you can let <laughs> us know in the comment section of this video. But to me, Salah keeps being the king. And so that that's a little summary of both of our teams. Yeah. So um, let's 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 take our we'll we'll head to the break and then yep. we'll talk about the Champions League. So Jake, tell us about the Champions League, man. What are your thoughts? All right, so again, qualifying this with the first game of a group stage is probably the least important game of the competition. To, you know, obviously certain situations, but so these games don't necessarily say much, but which game said the most? You ready for this, Gustavo? I am ready. I think Barcelona, and particularly Lewandowski, said the most. And here's why I'm going to say that, because Holland had trick, blah, blah, blah. Holland's blowing up the world right now. Yes. Let me paint you a picture right now. <laughs> Maybe. Like, let me put on my, my get in my psychologist chair for a second. Lay down on my psychologist couch. Let me paint you a picture. Lewandowski, Bayern Munich, dominates the world. I mean, let's be honest. Like, during COVID, that whole time, like, he was ascending. He was the guy. And who's his foil in the German league? Erling Holland. Absolutely. Holland, goes to Manchester City, which is a team that literally needed him a year ago, but is, I mean, Manchester, like we said, Manchester City is the pinnacle. They're they, like, they have been favored to win the Champions League for what feels like, for, like we, I feel like with COVID and how time has moved the last couple of years, it feels like Manchester City has owned, they are the, Maybe they are three. the empire. They are everything. They, they should know, have they a triplete everything. of Champions League by now. I'm saying, so exactly. So Lewandowski, leaves Bayern Munich and he goes to Barcelona. So he's probably way above this, but I don't know because he is now arguably, obviously Real Madrid, different league, a little bit different. But when you go to Barcelona, in my opinion, that's, that's a statement there. Like when you go from Bayern to Barcelona, like, there, and right as Erling Holland goes to Man City, I'm going to keep this duology up here. And here's why. Duality, duology, whatever it is. The study of <laughs> duels. Yes. <laughs> but 
Erling Holland on on Tuesday goes out and scores a hat trick, which I mean, let's be honest, again, for him to go out and do what he does for Man City is maybe a little bit different than Lewandowski having success in Barcelona. And this is my overall point. Lewandowski's on a mission this year. He's on a mission right now. I think Barcelona because I think a lot of people were, eh, you know, last year, obviously, obviously it was last year, the messy departure, everything. I think they have a real chance to be a strong competitor in the Champions League. And I think they and him are out for blood a little bit. Like Barcelona is the underdog right now. And so I think they're dangerous. And that's kind of my overall take is like when I saw and you saw it. I sent you the thing. Like when I saw Erling Holland got a hat trick, I was like, "Bet my entire amount of wealth on it." I wish I had. <laughs> Lewandowski was gonna get a hat trick. I knew that was a given. Yes. And that's the thing is like if you've watched Barcelona this season, he is the guy. They tried to pie. They tried to be creative. Now it's like just kick the ball in the box. Like <laughs> so. That's my overall point. Barcelona are a serious threat and they should be taken seriously. They are for real. And he is for real. People, are you listening to this, everybody? Are you listening? This is why I love you. This is why you're my brother. This is, but I wasn't expecting you to say that. I got to be honest with you. So this <laughs> has taken me by surprise and has filled me with more pride than ever before. I feel like I'm a camp no right now watching Barcelona play. I do have to say, best number nine in the world. I am sorry, Madrid fans. I know you love Benzema. We love Benzema. He's incredible. But best number nine in the world belongs to Robert Lewandowski. And let me say this. He is the, he's in third place for the player that has scored the most goals in the Champions League history at 87, if I'm not mistaken. And I know Benzema is right be behind him. But I do have to say, my new favorite player besides Haaland Robert Lewandowski, I think is going to do great. And really quick, Jake, just to echo what you were saying, I think we do have a stronger chance with not only Lewandowski, but Pedri. Also, you have the incredible new defenders that Barcelona have hired. Conde, Conde I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but the yeah, yeah, French yeah, defender that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that came from yeah. Sevilla. He has changed the game. I think we have an he's incredible team. Ansu yeah. Fati, although he's been quiet, I think he's going he's gonna to do great. We got Gavi. We got a lot of exciting players. But most importantly, you are talking about the German league, right? And but, we can hold on, hold on real yeah. quick. Let me just say on Ansu Fati, just latest, I was reading up. And the reason he's been, quote unquote, quiet is because he's still nursing. I think it's a hamstring or something. So he is being used as a sub intentionally to make sure he doesn't get hurt. So just know, like, that's the scary part is that right now he's being used that way to manage his minutes, but it's not so much that he's quiet. It's just, he isn't getting the full 90 because he's not there yet. So just, just saying like in your favor, give it a couple of months and let's see what happens. He could have a much bigger role. I agree. And I have to say Dembele 
it's completely destroying it right now. He is killing it. Xavi came out at a press conference basically to give him praise and say, this guy, it's unbelievable. He could be at the level of Neymar. He could be at the level of those wonderful players who changed the game forever. He gave an assist, I think, or two assists, and he was just phenomenal at that game. So we're going to leave it at that. I think this Champions League... Wait, is- I'm sorry. I got one other thing. You made <laughs> go me- ahead, this go is, ahead. This is two seconds. Next game to absolutely watch, and I'm not actually looking at when the fixture is, so I'm not sure if it's next week. Liverpool, Ajax. It's probably going to determine whether Liverpool is able to advance to the knockout stage or not, because it's Ajax, Napoli, Liverpool, Rangers. If you're a Rangers fan, I know that if you can find a place to be honest in yourself and tell yourself <laughs> and agree that the Rangers just don't have it this year. I don't know what it is, but ever since the preseason. They just don't have it right now. I don't know what happened to them, but they're they're falling off. They're not going to make it, which means it's between Ajax, Napoli, and Liverpool. And Napoli has already beat Liverpool. Group A are the games to watch. Except On for fire. Rangers. I have yeah. to agree 100%. And the game is next Tuesday, September 13. Okay, so it's the next game. <laughs> yes. uh, so that's what I'm saying. So next week, if you're like, you know, that Champions League can be tough. You're at work. It, it's tough, but have your radar because Ajax is a team that has so much confidence from being so dominant in their league. So again, I, I think Ajax Liverpool could be a real fun one because they're aggressive. Liverpool's aggressive and Liverpool doesn't have the polish that they used to have. So that one could be a real fun one. So I want to ask you, Jake, what is that team that people, the wonderful people that are listening right now, didn't know that you loved? What well, would that team be? Well, here's what I'm going to say for this week. This might be a team that you've become aware of because they're the team that inspired us to even think about this segment. And that is Brentford, the Bumblebees. And they were promoted last year from the championship into the Premier League. We're back to the Premier League. And for me, didn't know anything about them because unfortunately I'm just really not able to watch the championship. I'd love to, trust me, love to quit my job and just cover soccer. Hopefully this podcast will be a step towards that. But And you guys are going to make it happen for us, by the way. Exactly. The listeners. Are- <laughs> Thank you for funding us with that. Absolutely. No, but so I'm not, I wasn't able to really pay attention to Brentford, but seeing them come up, I was excited to check them out. And again, being a Tottenham fan, they started the year last year at home against Arsenal. A couple things to know about Brentford. They're a London team. Okay. So we have Arsenal versus Brentford. And Brentford beats them to open the Premier League. I believe it was on a Friday. I think I worked that day and I like did everything I could to get home. Maybe not. I guess it was in August. Probably not. But I just remember watching that game and being like, oh, my God, this team is so much fun. And they've already done that this season. They did that a bunch last season, which I think last season they were either top 10 or right around the 10 spot, which for a team that's newly promoted is I think something that's pretty exciting to celebrate. And then this season, they're playing really great. They're a team that plays well from behind. They play well, really in general. But this season, I would say that their hallmark has been the second half. If you're watching games, let's say you're whatever fan you are, and your team's going up, and you have Peacocks, you have access to a bunch of games, and you have the opportunity, your team's either not playing or whatever, turn on a Brentford game. They have 
Ivan Tony, who is an amazing striker. He's so much fun to watch. Bueno is great on the edges. Y'all knelt. They just have a bunch of players that are just really fun to watch. The goals that they score are really exciting. Like, for example, I think they were playing Leeds or some other team. No, they dominated Leeds. They were playing some other team. They were down. They were trying to come back this season. And they scored off of a corner. And the thing that was pretty exciting about it was that they scored a goal that was clearly a set play off a corner. And I think that's just kind of an exciting thing because one of the things about the Premier League that I love is how random it is and how the goals that are scored can just be sort of chaotic. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you don't necessarily, it's not necessarily like the other leagues where you see these beautiful curled shots, you know, going in the goal. That being said, unless you're a Tottenham fan and you were watching the Fulham game, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, long story short, Brentford is a really fun team. They score in really exciting and fun ways. And they're a team that you might not know about, but as soon as you watch them, you're going to love them. So that's the the team that inspired this segment. You probably already know about them, but going forward, we'll give you some teams that are a little bit more obscure that you might want to check out. I have to say my daughter's name, uh, my daughter's second name is B. And so that makes All me right. love that team All because right. it's the yeah. Bs, right? And the I bees. do love their 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 fan base is pretty exciting. I am really happy for them right now, and I think they're gonna do really good this season. I don't th- I don't see them get relegated, so I'm really excited about Brentford. There's okay, hot take. There is zero percent. Zero percent. Wait, 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 wait. I know we were gonna do. I know we're trying to wrap it up, but can we really quickly talk about? What teams are going to get relegated? Pick your three teams, Gustavo. It's early enough. Who are your three teams that are going to get relegated? I, I need to you. know. I got I you need right to now. know. I and think if you say Frankfurt, un- I'm going to get upset. Unfortunately, I think Leicester City is going to be relegated. And that's going to make me want to cry because I think they are such a beautiful, legendary team. Um, I think that I can see Aston Villa struggle, but I don't think wow. they will get relegated, but I will keep okay. it there in that list. And the, the last team I want to mention is I think Bournemouth is going to get relegated and there's no doubt about it. Unfortunately, uh, those are my three teams. What about you, Jake? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth, I Bournemouth, I completely agree. I don't know why they fired Scott Parker. I thought that was really crappy of them. But I also will say that Scott Parker, when he came up with Fulham, was not very impressive. And obviously Fulham right now is doing really well with not necessarily the same roster, but with Really quick on Scott Parker, if you've been paying attention to Fulham at all this season, they've been using Alexander Mitrovic to great success. They used him to come up from the championship two years ago, and then Scott Parker literally didn't play him at all two years ago. So, Scott Parker, love you, mean it. I hate to see you get sacked, but you're a guy who can bring a championship club up to the Premier League, but it doesn't seem like you're necessarily able to stay there. I think Bournemouth is going down. I think Everton is going down. Wow. Sorry, Everton. You can't do but, that to Frank Lampard. Come on, Jake. Okay, first of all, I'm a Tottenham <laughs> fan, and Frank Lampard in an interview <laughs> last year said that White Hart Lane, which is where the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is, you know, that's what it's called. He said they called it Three Point Lane. Okay, wow. Gustavo. Wow. So after I saw that interview, any wow. admiration, and I liked Frank Lampard. He's out. Out. <laughs> Everton is going down. Frank Lampard, again, like there's a piece of me that wants to like you, but look at what he's done. Look at his track record. I, I don't know if he'll get another Premier League team. I don't know if he should. 
based on his track record, unless he does something amazing with Everton, but they don't seem to have the players. Everton, Burnamouth, I think Forrest shouldn't be better than Leicester City, but I agree, I think they are, and I think Leicester City will be the third team. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that we have brought some kind of entertainment to your lives. My name is Gustavo Moradel, here from Nashville, sending you guys love. And I'm Jake Landry from Connecticut. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.